0: David Moyes says, hopefully, United will only be out of the Champions League for a year uh, and they'll be trying their very best to get back in it. We did
1: make it difficult for Bayern, as Moyes was so proud of
0: having done. Mm. For about 57 minutes and 30 seconds, we did. Try. Yeah,
1: uh, we will hopefully try and have a good crack at getting back into Europe. I strongly suspect we'll be back in the Champions League uh, the season after next, but it's uh, pretty shocking that it's come
0: to this already. Yeah, in any measure possible, it's a disastrous position for United to be in. Not losing to Bayern in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, as frankly anyone Could have done that, of course, although, and we'll get on to this, the manner in which United chose to lose was less than heroic, despite the spin from the club. But um, the real disaster, of course, is uh, United's league form, which leaves uh, the club likely to finish sixth and therefore um, out of uh, the Champions League, although... Possibly in the Europa League. And I, I think that's more of a disaster than actually not qualifying for the Champions League. So Thursday nights on um, ITV4 is likely to be United's reward for that particular one next season. And then, uh, as as you said, you know... you uh, I think you um, put a piece up on the Bleacher Report. 20 reasons to sack David Moyes. I, I was sure you put a piece up on the Bleacher Report before, which was like 15 reasons to sack David Moyes. It's apparently increased over the years.
1: No, no, the 15. it was 15 reasons to stay positive about David Moyes, and that was one of the hardest two hours of my life, coming up with that. The 20 reasons to sack him was a bit of an unpleasant thing to write, but it,
0: funnily enough, came a little more naturally. You loved it. Don't, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Anyway, no. so... so <laughs> Look, uh, it's season over, right? There's nothing to play for now. Uh, you know, let's forget all the uh, the post-Bayern. It will come good. We're determined to have a strong finish to the season and all of this. This is uh, the season done with. If we finish sixth uh, from here on in, I suppose that will be a decent end to the season, you know, because we'll get a <laughs> few results. Um, uh, I don't yeah. think we're going to catch Arsenal Everton for a Champions League place. Probably won't catch Everton for fifth either, especially given that we have to go to Goodson Park in a week and a bit's time. So there you go, uh, we can start the post-mortems, and uh, frankly, it's been awful.
1: Won't somebody please think of the podcasters? What are we supposed to talk about every week between now and the end of the season? We can't just go on about how disastrous David Moyes has been every week for an
0: hour. Oh, I could give it a bloody good <laughs> shot. No, you know what we can talk about? And uh, before we get onto the buying game, let's, let's do this chronologically, shall we? Uh, we can talk about uh, each week coming up, the magic of... Mata Kagawa and Yanazai. Uh, please, please, can we can we talk about that each week, whether it happens or not, because it probably won't. But uh, uh, Ashley Young going off in the 18th minute at St James's Park. And uh, we had Yanazai on the right and Mata in the centre and Kagawa on the left. In theory, check out their heat maps because I'm not sure any of them actually played in one specific position. And it was magic, wasn't it? Absolutely, totally and utterly fantastic and utterly depressing as
1: well, that's the thing. It was a very peculiar combination of joyous and really miserable to see what they could do when they've been let off the leash. The way United should have been playing all season, the way we'll only ever play when players are injured or being rested or have a slightly poorly equal toe
0: that's keeping them out of that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, this is this is a it's a very relevant point, isn't it? Because David Moyes was forced into playing this trio of players in fact he, he didn't start that trio um and uh, he's been very reluctant to play Kigawa this season he's been very reluctant to play matter in the centre until he had to and uh, you know it's almost by accident that the three came together to give United a completely different way of playing now United was still pretty direct actually a lot of balls going from back to front but into the final third and and the team actually played some football and you know instead of lumping it aimlessly into the box because none of those three are uh, apt to do that you know of, of the three it's only Yanazai who really would be keen to get a crossing and he was playing on the right nominally anyway so they want to play some football and they certainly did have some fantastic goals from United.
1: Absolutely stunning. Um, Also uh, Hernandez with an excellent
0: performance he linked up brilliantly with those three and Mm, I think he really helped actually I think uh, he was key and uh, I'm not sure that we'd have got the same performance if Rooney had been up front. Hernandez just more dynamic, moving more. And, you know, he, look, the all-round game isn't the same, sure. But uh, his movement after the final defender, the last, the deepest defender, is, is superb. And he gave uh, Mata, Kigara, and Yane an option all the time.
1: Absolutely. And just every single one of those goals was beautiful. There wasn't one that wasn't. I mean, oh, that first one Mata goal of... Just quite literally got a bit of a shiver down my spine. The the control, the composure, just whoa, really really great. Oh, that wasn't the first one, was it? The first one was the free kick. Well, that was flipping amazing as well. And then uh, you had the lovely interplay between Kagawa and Hernandez. And then for the last one, well, that was some that was some serious serious Mata Yanazai action, wasn't it? A, a one-two with the deftest most beautifully weighted back heel you'll ever see and a, and a fine finish from me and was like, actually a very fine finish very intelligent
0: to uh, sort of low into the to the keeper's right mm. well the, the funny thing afterwards was that Moy said uh, what he saw on the pitch was some uh, very good technical players and it was almost as if he resented it you know I, I can't think of any other way of presenting this I don't have an agenda particularly I do <laughs> I know you do uh, as a man I find it hard to respect David Moyes as a coach. I never did. But I'm not trying to spin a negative just for the sake of it. But the fact that that came out as if he he really resented having to say that. Uh, It was was unmistakable. And that's the way he presented it. And, you know, some absolutely beautiful goals. But it wasn't the way David Moyes' teams play. And, you know, I have to say I find this very frustrating. But I have this argument over and over and over again when people on Twitter say, ''Ah, he's seen the light.'' Nope. Just look at 10 years of David Moyes in the Premier League. This there's a way that he his teams like to play. He likes to exploit space as in the ball in front of the player uh, into areas of space. He likes to split his midfield as wide as possible, which results in United playing very direct football and this was everything that David Moyes did not try to play at Everton or United and you know I just got the sense that uh, it was the players that done it Uh, and not David Moyes absolutely and you know I I was joking when I said I had an agenda I have
1: a thing I would love to see happen but I'm actually not looking for things to dislike about Moyes when I said I didn't enjoy writing the, the Moyes out 20 things that should get him the sack thing it was true it's it's genuinely uncomfortable for me to be sort of that critical and that negative because it's just not my nature but what is in my nature is to analyse what I see in front of me and what I hear and everything I see and hear from Moise screams he's out of his depth and he's incompetent and the best case scenario is bad it was something you said to me about, okay, we finished fourth next season. That's a massive improvement from Moyes. He probably ends another season doing that. But then we have already got to the point of accepting mediocrity. Unless we're saying well, we're going to sack him the season after that for finishing third or whatever. Anyway, after that Newcastle game, Jay from the Red Mancunian podcast at RFFH tweeted he's going to give Rooney the credit for that goal after the matter free kick and it was a joke obviously but no, in the post-match press conference David Moyes says Juan and Wayne practice those every day <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, seriously this is he's like, he has become self-parody we'll come on to the buying game in a minute but at one point the mics picked him up him shouting come on Jonah, play when Phil Jones had a free <laughs> kick uh, a throw in Come on, Jonah, play. Brilliant. And then, I'm pretty sure there was a general consensus about this. He shouted, Danny! Danny Welbeck! <laughs> what? I mean, I can see me shouting that randomly in the street at passers-by, But not David Moyes. What, what was he trying to do? And to go with earlier in the season, the uh, Adnan get through the middle and score! <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, before the Bayern game, he very literally said, hopefully we'll try and do something in this game. And then you could see him catch himself and think, I've just said it again. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> but yeah, the, the Newcastle game, thoroughly unmoys, thoroughly not what we're going to get. But part of me does still hope he'll learn, you know, because we are stuck with him. So part of me does hope he'll see, look how good we are when we play mm. like that. I mean... All this has to be caveated, though, with the fact that Newcastle United are absolutely abject.
0: Well, they're abysmal, and they're abysmal in the area that United are weakest in in central midfield. Gosling, very, very poor. Teoté, very, very poor as well. God forbid that we end up bidding for him him in the summer, because there's certainly been rumours. Over the years, about that, yeah, you know, Fellaini and Fletcher actually managed to dominate in the centre of the ball. Eventually, I have to say, Newcastle kept the ball very well for about thirty-five minutes, didn't they? Uh, and then, uh, you know, United's sort of class told in the end. Smalling and Jones very good in central defence, very comfortable in central defence. flencia played a right back. It might be something we see more of him in the future. He's certainly no winger anymore, is he? Young started, as I said before, Mata absolutely superb in the number ten role. I did enjoy this. Check out the heat maps, uh, if you will, of Kigara and Mata. You can't tell the difference uh, because they just interchanged so beautifully. That was the exact same against West Ham. Their pass maps look almost identical. Yeah, it's uh, there, there's no fixed position. And I, I think it only really happens when two of them play and you can throw Yanazai into this, you know, Yanazai, Mata, Kigawa, less so with Rooney because uh, he he drops deep into central areas and actually causes problems in other people's zones, doesn't he, uh, as uh, <laughs> Robin Van Persie likes to call it. But uh, when there's one of them in there, United you know, playing in a much more rigid formation and uh, when there's two, uh, it really makes a difference to how United play. And I have to say, I think when United play like this, Again, not wishing to sound like I have an agenda. Uh, I I just don't think it's anything to do with David Moyes. From everything I've heard, they're not playing small triangles on the training pitch uh, in order to try and build up this level of understanding at all.
1: I mean, you know, as we're talking about this, I can feel the rising frustration of... The Moyes era because it is heartbreaking to see a performance like that Newcastle performance and to know that we're not going to try anything like that against Bayern Munich say I'm not saying that we should have played the exact same way I'm not saying you don't we didn't need to make significant tactical allowances for how good they are but even say Arsenal away well, we definitely could play against Arsenal away like that, but that's never going to happen under Moyes. And, you know, we'll come onto our Everton game, but I was watching Arsenal-Everton as Everton took Arsenal apart, and I don't know whether it was two seasons ago or three seasons ago. I don't know if you remember this game. It was a a season where Everton had a really, really serious chance at fourth place. I think it was the season before last. And uh, they were in that ding-dong battle with Arsenal. And a draw was absolutely useless to Moyes. You know, it did them no good at all. And yet he set up from the start to get a draw. Mm. And
0: that's the game that I keep coming back to in my mind. Well, they say David Moyes, isn't it? And that's exactly what he did against Bayern and uh, I have to say I almost lost the run of myself during that game tweeting about Wayne Rooney still being on the pitch. And the fact that it won all was the time that United had to go for it because another goal then and Bayern would have needed two more, which uh, actually they got anyway. But the point being that there was, a, there was a time when it was blatantly obvious that United needed to go on the attack uh, and instead they still set up to park the bus.
1: Yep, so let's just talk about that buying game because the Newcastle game was beautiful but it was a beautiful distraction ahead of the main event. I somehow managed to feel for 20 minutes in that first half like we were going to do it and then that sort of started to ebb away and by the beginning of the second half I thought there was very little chance we were going to do it and the goal took me completely by surprise. What a 22 seconds that was. But yeah, I mean, you try and park the bus eventually, more likely than not one of the defenders is going to fall over. I, I said this to you on the phone the other day, but I don't share your profound sort of anti-football feelings about that kind of tactic necessarily. I don't like, I'm not saying I don't share it at all, but it's not, it's not a matter of, I was going to say morality, but that's totally the wrong word because I knew football tactics, but it's not even necessarily a matter of aesthetics because I kind of appreciate it in a way. But what I do think is it almost never works. In order to get a bus parking situation to work, you need your strikers to be ready to take every single opportunity they get or a a higher percentage of them than normal because they won't get as many as they normally do. And crucially, your defenders will have many, 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 many more opportunities to make personal mistakes. And the amount of people I saw saying, it's not Moise's fault, the players made personal mistakes for the goals. And I just wanted to to say, but, 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 that's, but, you
0: know, that's a... <laughs> yeah, well, look, uh, over the two ties, Bayern created 41 chances in United 12. Now, the, the fact that Bayern missed so many or so many were blocked and they actually had very few, relatively uh, speaking to the, the total man chances they had uh, actually on target, I think is, is you know, a product of how many players United had in the blocks. There were loads and loads and loads and loads of shots that United blocked. Heroic, yes, but you actually only need one of those to fall to the right person or take a deflection uh, or bypass the final lunging tackle... Uh, for it to be a goal. You know, 75% of possession over the two legs the Bayern had. Slightly less uh, in the second leg at home, funnily enough. It actually went slightly more direct, which was a little odd, but uh, they did uh, for a while. It didn't really work in the first half. and uh, But 75% of the possession, you're going to expect that the opposition to have 75% of the chances, you know, around about, which is what happened. And eventually when you've got players of that kind of quality, it's going to work. Now, you know, people moaned and... and uh, Moaned about United's bad luck and and said uh, the narrative going round that United somehow were only lost first leg because they were unlucky. No, nope, they lost first leg because Bayern were wasteful. And I don't think Danny Welbeck finishing poorly when through on goal is unlucky. It was also wasteful, but uh, the fact is that Bayern had three quarters of the amount of chances in that game too. You know, and look. The point being, I, I don't want to repeat my rant from last week, but uh, you set up to park the bus. Most of the time you lose and at the risk of sounding like Brendan Rodgers, you know, there's there's some good numbers on this and it's it's uh, well over 70 odd percent, isn't it, uh, of teams who have more possession uh, win and there's a good linear relationship between how much possession you have and how much you win. A go, having the ball is good, getting rid of it just to keep your shape, uh, defensive shape, which is what United did twice. In those two legs, is just asking for trouble.
1: Yeah, I and mean, the buying game was kind of interesting because they definitely United were definitely playing two different formations. Uh, they were playing uh, a four four two, very very much a four four two when they were not in possession, with one of the two, uh, you could say four four one one, I guess, and then very much a four two three one when in possession with. A very sort of flexible roles for Welbeck, Rooney and Kagawa they both popped up they all three of them popped up on both flanks and through the middle of, on various different occasions Valencia kind of sticking to the brief on the right wing and actually it was sort of quite effective and uh, if Wayne Rooney had been on his game United could have done better earlier. I mean, not to be all Welbeck defence force about this, but Rooney owes Danny Welbeck a massive apology for slagging him off for missing glorious opportunities. I bet Danny Welbeck's not going to be in the press this week saying, oh, Wayne Rooney will learn Partly because he knows Wayne Rooney is never going to learn. Moyes saying he would be mad to sell it, But in the... paper, oh, I just... it Really, this did my fruit. In the papers before the game, there's this quote. Moyes saying he'd be mad not to risk a player of Rooney's quality. Well, I think we all remember what happened last time a Manchester United manager risked and injured Wayne Rooney away in Bayern Munich. And the fact that Moyes kept Rooney... First of all, he shouldn't have played him because he wasn't fit. And he should have taken him off... At the very latest After 60 minutes To leave him on For the full 90 minutes Was absolutely Criminal idiocy And all based on this Insane Cult of personality That Moyes has built up Around Rooney Which is not matched by the truth
0: of Wayne Rooney as a footballer. No, it's not. And actually, I just think it showed Moyes up for a, being an extremely weak manager. Look, the basic facts of this, he clearly wasn't fit, clearly wasn't fit. And as the painkilling injections wore off, uh, he struggled more and more. Uh, after the game, Moyes said he was struggling to strike the ball. And, and the really bizarre thing, so not only did David Moyes make his substitutions very late, Very, very late, you know, to to the point where he couldn't affect the game anymore. But in the end, Wayne Rooney ended up dropping back into midfield, where he was so immobile that he couldn't give any protection to the back four anyway, right? So, you know, not only did United effectively play with 10 men for a good, you know, 45 minutes, I'd say, but... uh, The formation, including Rooney in in midfield, left United so lightweight in that area that it actually contributed significantly to to Bayern's victory. I think it's absolutely negligent of the manager to do that. And uh, I kept going on about it during the game because I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't, it just didn't make any sense to me. You know, no, Mois could have made a, a very decisive move at that key point at 1 1. And I have to say, I think that Guardiola would have done, he made the change and it made a difference. I know that Mourinho would have done. And the changes that he needed to make were to bring on Hernandez, Yanazai, and Giggs. And those three would have made a big difference. And I, I would have done that for Valencia, Rooney, and Fletcher. Uh, And I think United could have then taken the game to Bayern. Maybe it wouldn't have worked. Maybe it wouldn't have worked if United got that second goal at one all. The the whole nature of the game would change. But instead, Moyes sank back into, as you said, the cult of personality around Rooney, refused to pull him off, didn't make any changes until really late, showed himself up to be the most indecisive manager possible, looked very naive, and then afterwards to come out and almost be smug about it and think that, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the details, we would have won, as if to think that somehow his strategy was a winning one, and it was just bad luck. And it just wasn't. Uh, And then, you know, not only did he have a failing strategy, but when it came down to the little details that really make the difference in football, he failed to make the right decisions, and and he bottled it, uh, and it was criminal. Yeah, absolutely. At Callum Orr asking,
1: uh, is uh, Moyes keeping Rooney on for 90 minutes and then saying it looked like he was struggling to strike the ball, a new low for David Moyes. I'm not sure that it is. I think it's just maintaining his consistent low. And, you know, I have to say that I think if he was saying all the right things in the press, I would feel very differently about him. That the kind of almost burning frustration comes from what he says as well as what he does. The way the way he tries to justify it, the way he... You know, we gave it a good go, we tried it, I've really enjoyed being in this competition. You know, well, great, I'm glad you've had a... I would really enjoy managing Man United in the Champions League for a season whilst simultaneously ruining the entire side. It's just... He's just a manager failing. And, and I think the only possible justification for keeping him at this point is... We, know, we believe that he will stop being a manager who is failing in the near future. The idea that, you know, it's been a near miss this season, you know, that, that, that oh, but for a bit of unfortunate run of form at home, we'd be calling this a terrific season. Oh, we've got the best away record in the league. Yeah, Yes, we have got the best away record in the league, and we have picked up a lot of points away from home against bad sides. And yes, that is a key ingredient of how you win the league. But... That's been at the expense of everything else, and yeah. Anyway, so sorry. Yet another moise out ramble, but to go back to the the Munich game, tactically it was sort of working, albeit very dangerously. But
0: I did think it was kind of interesting that Bayern went so direct, and as you said, that that wasn't working for them, was it? Ed? No, it wasn't, and and you know eventually they made the change. Right? I mean, it was uh, interesting that they were trying to get from. Back to front quite so quickly, and I think in the end they were putting the ball in a bit too early, and it just wasn't the buy-in that we expect to see this season. As a result, and um, you know they made a change on 65 minutes, pulled off Mario Goethe, uh put on Rafina, swapped the formation around. By then, uh, of course, it was one all anyway. But the change, you know, effectively won them the game because they redistributed how they were set up. I mean it was a it was a very odd formation anyway, basically playing two at the back and uh, Alaba and Philip Lahm basically playing as holding players, Cruz dropping in so they kind of had this two, three, two in Muller and Goetze above them, uh, Ribéry and Robin were very, very wide, and Mandzukic up front. You know, it was a slightly odd formation. You don't really expect to see Bayern doing that. But they still dominated the ball. Um, they just, the final ball went in too early for the first 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, I think when they... Um, when they finally sorted that out, they were you know completely dominant and created the chances uh, that eventually won them the game, yep,
1: yeah, so let's talk about that glorious twenty two seconds of absolute bliss. one of my favorite ranked cast questions ever has come in this week um it's the question what is the best twenty two seconds of your life? Oh, I don't think that's for a family audience, is it <laughs> uh, this question from at Maria Gashville. I mean. Uh, let's just say footballing life I don't think that every goal is up there with the very best 22 seconds of my footballing life I think if I'd been in the stadium it would be I was too busy being stunned and by the time I'd really kind of inculcated
0: the fact that we'd scored they'd scored so you know didn't get to fully enjoy it mm. well and you know and Solskjaer has won it and the 22 seconds after that uh, it was pretty bloody good. Yeah, it was pretty great. I was in the middle of a row with someone as that happened, so I didn't get to
1: properly enjoy that one. The Cantona goal in the FA Cup final uh, against Liverpool, that was pretty great a few seconds. But yeah, it was 22 seconds of bliss, and Patrice ever enjoyed every second of it until he realised he still had to do some defending and completely lost Mandzukic. I mean... You can sort of put it down to the fact that he'd just scored and he was kind of elated, but you could also put it down to the fact that he's Patrice Evra, <laughs> a player I deeply love, but he's,
0: he will do that. He will do that. The ability to track a forward going past him has completely gone. I don't know whether it's his legs or his concentration or what, but yeah, he doesn't follow the runners anymore and uh, makes him a bit of a liability defensively. I, I, I think that'll be the last... Champions League game we ever see Patrice Ever in, at least for United. Yeah, We might not see him in too many games for the remainder of the season. We'll see. I mean, it's not like Alex Boutner is a suitable replacement, really. You know, he's a very average player who's uh, when puts in a half-decent performance. Everyone gets very excited about. But, uh, you know, he's uh, Dutch mid-table standard, which is where we bought him from and uh, where he should have remained. But uh, he's at United. So uh, Ever will get replaced in the summer. Almost certainly, I would think, He would be off. I know there's some umming and ahring over whether he's going to get an extra year on the contract. It'll only be to be a reserve for somebody else, I would think. And he was either directly or indirectly involved in all three of Bayern's goals. Uh, But you know what? I I agree completely with your statement when you said that, yes, there are individual mistakes, but it's pressure that creates the individual mistakes and, and Bayern piling on that pressure created those mistakes And, you know, actually, there's some very fine goals, too. You know, brilliant header from Mandjukic to get it back to 1-1. Fantastic run across the defender and flick from Muller to score. And a fine third as well. You know, in the end, the qualities hold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ever's goal is interesting
1: because sort of United's attacking interplay. And Kagawa, Welbeck and Rooney are basically all on the right. As that and and Valencia, and then uh, Valencia puts a, a fine cross in Welbeck sort of breaks left, and the, the ball clears. But the the Bayern defenders are so deep, ironically, and that they can't get anywhere near Evera. But that strike, I mean, what what an incredible moment! Uh, and it, it was it was glorious to imagine that it felt like a you know some beautiful fairy tale was playing itself out, written in the stars indeed. But no, uh, in fact, uh, reality. Bit hard soon afterwards, and that was it. And it's all over. Lots of plucky, brave. Oh, United did us proud, and I think to a certain extent the players did. That there certainly wasn't this thing that's been accused a lot of time this season of the players not looking interested and not looking involved. They were all definitely really up for it and trying their very best, but they were set out to fail. You know, that's that's how I feel about it. And listen. As the old saying goes, don't at me, bro. You, you can you can think differently if you want to. That's absolutely fine. But you're probably not going to change my mind. I, I'm not. I don't think Moyes deserves absolutely no credit. I think there was some attempt at some tactical sophistication, and and you could say, well, it almost worked. And you could say that given the golfing class united had to defend but as you said last week we're we're not saying that the choices are either part of the bus or be aussie ardiles there's a middle ground where you are kind of compact defensively but that doesn't mean eight players in the box literally eight players in the box from open
0: play and i'll come back to this right so if that's your strategy at the moment where united had to attack right had to win this game remember or score twice at least twice as it happened had to score three times So at the moment United had to attack, nothing happened. Uh, And Moyes only made the tactical switch, right, the formation switch, 15 minutes after Bayern had got that goal. Uh, And it was too late. It was way, way too late. The momentum had shifted. It was gone. And that was a crucial 15 minutes. And this is the difference between the top uh, and someone else. You know... um, here's an analogy right so in business uh, people complain a lot about how much CEOs and executives get paid you know and it's uh, really deeply offensive when they're paid a thousand times as much as uh, the guy who cleans the office uh, on many many levels right but the reason they're paid that is because the CEO who makes the decision right 99% of the time rather than 98% of the time is going to save his company billions in the stock market right and and That's why they get that money, right? That's why the top managers make the difference, you know? So would Mourinho have made that change earlier? Absolutely, yes. Whatever you think about him, most definitely he's the most brilliant tactician in-game that I think I've ever seen, you know, way better than Ferguson at that. Would Guardiola have made a change? Yes, and he did. And it it made a difference in the outcome of the game. Would many other managers... Have have made a change and spotted the the errors. I think so too. Moyes didn't, or if he did, it uh, wasn't bold enough to to try anything different. You know, as I, as I said, United had a plan A. I I didn't agree with plan A, but even if you did agree with plan A there was a point at which plan B had to come into play or C or D or anything else and none of it did uh, until it was way too late and, and that's a massive massive failure yeah absolutely
1: and and to you know not to be all clock worshipping about this because Jurgen Klopp could easily come to United and fail I don't, I don't think he'd be a guaranteed success at United I just think I happen to think he'd have a, a good deal more chance of being a success than Moyes, but that's by the by. They lost their tie against Real Madrid and the best we can say about United is that the players did us proud, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, the <laughs> the, the Dortmund approach was to absolutely try and leather the opposition and that didn't work either with the kind of, sort of relatively similar golfing in quality in the playing staff, but they... They got to have like you know
0: a properly truly glorious heroic failure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying that's something to aspire. Well, they hit the post three or four times as well, didn't they? You know, it was, it was, and, and wasted some chances. Yeah, missed an open goal. I've got to say, but 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 um, yeah, and you know they should have won that game four nil. Mm basically you know they were completely dominant but I tell you what you're saying you know their approach to having a very very poor first leg albeit with some key injuries and, and missing players and and so on uh the, their response to that very poor first leg was to to go out and take the game to Real Madrid and and to impose their style and, and their style is so distinctive that kind of very high tempo high pressing uh, game that they do and and they did have a big dip in the second half for about 15 minutes and and Madrid couldn't score. Gareth Bale... Uh, guilty of missing a couple of very good chances Uh, and you know dorman got over that and then had a very good last 20 minutes of the game were very unfortunate but the key point is that their response was to attack their response was to impose their style on the opposition not let the opposition dominate not let the opposition dictate how the game was going to flow which is what united did so you know heroic defending fine but as as i remember it scoring more goals than the opposition is the way you win games uh, and uh, simplistic that may be but Bayern scored more goals than United because then more chances and more possession more of the game and then completely dominated and United never gave themselves the chance to score the goals to win that game absolutely so I guess we should move
1: on uh, as United have to do and move out of European football I mean do you think we'll get back into Europe next season
0: Yeah, um, you know, I don't think it's foregone conclusion that United will go and secure all the players that they want. Uh, And, uh, (laughs) you know, clearly... Sorry, it's stating the obvious, isn't it? You know, Moyes appears to be very confident that they've tapped up enough players around Europe that uh, no one will... Uh, which is interesting in itself. Um, no one um, will, uh, you know, take United's season out of the Champions League, which I guess is how they're pitching it into account. They, they can cope over a four-year contract; they could cope with being out of the Champions League for one season. So I think United will purchase some players. I think they'll strengthen the squad, given the quality of the squad already. That should be enough to get into the. The top four, so I, I think United will probably qualify for the Champions League next season, just given the base that they're strengthening from and the type of budget they'll be spending in the summer. If they don't, uh, of course, you know, th- that would be a huge, massive failure that would not be taken as seemingly lightly as the current management is taking David Moyes' failure this season. And what you said earlier in the piece is then relevant. Uh, So Moyes qualifies for the Champions League. That's the bar that is now set for him because the business plan requires that and requires a quarter-final appearance in the Champions League. And, And if he achieves that, it doesn't really matter whether United win the league or not. You know, I've said this for a long time that United's business model is not predicated on winning loads of trophies people don't get it but I'm going to keep repeating it it's not predicated on United winning loads of trophies so I don't think for the Glazers it matters that much and therefore you know we could have Moyes for a long time the only bit of it that is predicated on United winning loads of trophies is the
1: attraction to commercial partners right even that is questionable when you think about Liverpool
0: getting record-breaking shirt deals and stuff like that yeah I said what Edward Wood had said. I mean, you know, this is why they're so keen to push their 659 million followers from that ridiculous Kantar survey. But yeah, it's about reach, not trophies. And and if that if if reach is affected by lack of trophies, then uh, then maybe they they'll be concerned. But um, it doesn't appear to be. But isn't brand
1: association huge though? Isn't like being associated with success as important to these brands as the number of people, the number of eyeballs that will see the brands? I mean, I don't know. I'm asking genuinely.
0: So I don't think so. If you if you look at um, one of one of the most open uh, sponsors to talk about this was Aon, uh, who talked a lot about how it, uh, it, it enabled them to get a global brand. So it wasn't necessarily success per se, you know, the association. It was the fact that they could reach people who understood the United brand and associated with it uh, and there were a- and therefore were able to associate Aeon with that brand. It's another leap again to say, well, people you know, want to associate them- themselves with a successful brand because United have built this reach um, through many, many years of, yes, success, but also the mythology surrounding United. Remember, United were a global brand as one of the first global football brands alongside real madrid and barcelona and everyone has tried to emulate that since what what the glazers have done just to finalize that point is to exploit that for commercial gain in a way that the previous regime weren't able to do yeah
1: absolutely and and i guess they'll they're real as you said like watch the stock price because that'll be when the glazers are really thinking about changing more i guess for now i mean there's no way he's gone in the summer. Can't see. Basically, he'd have to lose every game from here till the end of the season. And he's just not going to because United
0: will play with freedom, I, I would imagine. I haven't got too many difficult games anyway. I mean, it's, uh, it's Everton away coming up. Yes, definitely United could lose that one, especially Everton playing uh, some very nice football at the moment. But apart from that, there's Southampton, Norwich, Hull. You know, there's uh, a lot of teams there with no nothing much to play for either. Sunderland—they're probably down anyway. So, United could have a strong end to the season, and uh, I think the the mythology that surrounded this Bayern game—that United were plucky losers—and uh, and we're on the way back—definitely uh, means Moyes is safe. We'll see him first of August. You know, next year, next the beginning of next season, uh, definitely. Um, whether anything will change, aside from a few new players, is a a very moot point.
1: Um, This thing about us being plucky losers is interesting because this time last season, we actually were genuinely plucky losers, you know,
0: against Real Madrid, like... Well, yeah. And, and United were very, very cautious in the away leg, but actually took the game to Madrid in the home leg in a way that, that, that never happened in this time. And it's interesting because people have like, I think I've definitely
1: got it. I suspect you have too. You get like, Oh, you wouldn't be criticizing Fergie for this. And I think have you not been listening to us for the last however many years? Because even after that game, I remember being pretty critical of Ferguson's explosive reaction to the nanny sending off and how his kind of viscerality carried itself into the players and the players were really shaken by that and actually if Fergie had managed to have a calm head in that moment it might have done more good than his kind of cheerleading but anyway
0: well and 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 back to my point about Mourinho right Uh, Mourinho made the change instantly Uh, Modric was on and Real scored and the tie was over yeah yeah there you go absolutely Right, so,
1: okay. Um, United are not going to change the manager, but presumably they... Oh, one tiny last point on the the buying game. Does it bother you at all that Ryan Giggs is one Champions League appearance from equaling the all-time record and United only made two subs in that game?
0: Yeah, well, it might fall into the conspiracy camp uh, surrounding... Um, Ryan Giggs and David Moyes at the moment, right? <laughs> I, look, uh, J- Javi and uh, Casillas are going to um, yeah, destroy that record anyway, right? They'll be playing many, many yeah, games. Yeah. So um, Ryan wasn't about to uh, own that record. Uh, I think he should be on. He should have been on, even aged forty, for tactical reasons. Yeah. Let alone something around Moyes being petty. Yeah.
1: Okay, so at Costadin Stoilov says, with most senior pros going in the summer, how do you reckon? How long do you reckon until we're back in the top four and challenging for the title? And I think those are two very different questions. We both suspect at this point that United will be back in the top four next season, but uh, it's got to a point where I'll be absolutely shocked if we're t- challenging for the title next season.
0: Yes, I don't believe we'll be challenging for the title next season. I mean, it's very hard to say, right? You know, maybe United bring in 11 world-class players and they can't possibly fail even... With David Moyes in charge. So, assuming that doesn't happen uh, and there's some good strengthening, but uh, Chelsea, City, and Arsenal, I guess. <laughs> well, mate, perhaps not them, May. <laughs> yeah, perhaps not them. Chelsea and City certainly uh, likely to be very strong next season again, you know. So, I don't expect United to be challenging for the title next season, given. The personnel we're likely to have and the management in place, I think, will most likely be challenging for the top four next season. After that, who knows? Uh, I don't expect that David Moyes is the type of manager that's ever going to get United to a Premier League title and, and because I just think he's too cautious in the key moments. Um, I think there's a reason why he has a very poor record against the best teams I think that will continue but who knows you know maybe I'm wrong about that one
1: yeah absolutely and maybe he can do it without beating the best teams because the thing about Everton is they could never sustainably beat all the smaller teams as well but with United squad he probably could sustainably you know he could get 75 points against the the bottom whatever percentage of the the table and not even really bother with the big teams but eventually you've got to win one of those big games if you want to certainly if you want to win the champions league or whatever so who are we going to buy in the summer then ed what's the what's the latest tony crows we've had we've had two legs of uh trying to convince him to come i can just danny welbeck following him around again <laughs> Manchester's brilliant man you've got to come for 180 minutes it might might have done the job
0: yeah well look, isn't it blatantly obvious that this is a Tony Crowe's contract negotiation tactic.
1: Well, this is kind of interesting because everyone in the whole world thinks that, apparently, apart from people within the Bayern Munich situation. So, Raphael Honigstein was saying uh, on the Guardian Football Weekly the other week that, that exactly that, that everyone just assumes, of course, Bayern will pay him the money. But actually, Bayern really might not do because they don't have the need to smash open their wage structure on Crows. Well, they
0: wouldn't be. You know, he's well down the list of... Of uh, how much uh, buying players are paid. So if he, if he paid um, Crows the same as he as they're paying Ribbery and Robin, who, who aren't even the top earners, right? Then they're not smashing the wage structure at all. So I, I don't buy that one for a minute. I think they'll pay him in the end, and and if they don't, well, you know, maybe United will fork over the. The cash and the huge wages to get him—it it seems unlikely, but I'm open-minded about that one. I didn't didn't think Robin van Persie was going to join, and I was pretty surprised that when Mata did so, these things happen in football. Interesting thing about Crows—he's—I mean—he's obviously a a very talented player, and he's you know he's super high quality on the ball. He doesn't half rotate possession slowly though, and. Uh, you know, I think that, that'll be an interesting dynamic. It just how successful he's likely to be in the Premier League, and how it plays into United's pattern. I know I'm jumping a few steps ahead here, but let's just say United did sign him, play him in central midfield, uh, behind Mata and Kagawa and Yanazai and whoever's further out or Rooney at number ten. We might find that the ball is moving a little slower than uh, perhaps them. Uh, Players in the Premier League are used to, and in fact David Moyes is used to because, of course, he likes that ball to ping, be pinged out to the the wings pretty damn quickly. Um, and but he's a smart enough player to adapt. But uh, that that'd be my one observation about his. Uh, kind of style. So, the fact that Moise has basically
1: said that he's been tapping up uh, the best of European football. Um
0: what do we think? Who's coming? Well, I don't know. So, I haven't had a good word on this one. So they they've definitely been looking at a whole bunch of players across Europe. As we know, uh, go check out the Red Issue Sanctuary for the latest list of good gossip. I wouldn't want to undermine their actual proper work on on getting that gossip but there's some good ones I know who I'd kind of like united to you know look at I mean you know going from the back to the front there's there's quite a lot of need for at least two central defenders right and and a left back maybe two left backs and probably two central midfielders as well and likely a wide player <laughs> maybe a striker if hernandez goes as well <laughs>
1: we're gonna get three players that's my prediction
0: yeah well look uh we know that Rio is likely to go. We know that Vidic is definitely going. We've got to assume that Everett's going. I think uh, Fletcher, there's a lot of talk about him not getting a new contract, although I think he's probably earned another one, don't you? And uh, you know the the Kagawa situation is interesting because, although he's played recently, he certainly wouldn't have done if, if Van Persie and Rooney had been fit. Uh, is he likely to stay? He's been criminally misused this season. Um, what happens to Nani? Looks like he's going. Anderson's definitely gone. Got to assume, given the Moist type players, that Valencia and Younger staying. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so yeah, two two central defenders. Um, Bernatia from Roma is definitely available. He's going to be very expensive, and uh, Bayern are sniffing around. So says rumor. Keep saying he never wants to leave Italy as well. Yeah, uh, but Roma sell, so we'll see. He's not Italian. So uh, you know, I think uh, dangle the right amount of cash, and uh, sure he should be happy. You wonder what's going to happen with Dortmund as well. You know, is Hummels available eventually? Uh, it hasn't been in the past, but maybe a, a super super player. Everyone apparently is after Mangala. I've seen less of him than I've seen of the the other two I mentioned. Uh, and looks like he's going to be very expensive. I'd expect United to not be in a bidding war for this guy. Bax, uh, I have to say, I like Ricardo Rodriguez at Wolfsburg a lot. I think he's a very, very good player. And Kozawa at Monaco, excellent in the French League this season. They've had scouts at, um, at Atletico this season a lot, looking at Felipe Luis, who's um, a bit older and probably a bit more expensive, and I'm not certain about him. You know, I'd probably go for one of the younger guys, but... Who knows? Maybe they're going to buy two. They've certainly watched Ander loads and loads. I mean, he's been he's had a very good second half of the season. Looks like that might be a difficult deal again. So maybe they don't want to go there. they have looked at fabulous player, growing with every game. Uh, scored the goal to beat Barcelona, of course. You know, so I, I guess that's off the top of my head. Sort of half a dozen players there, two hundred and fifty million pounds worth of spending. No problem at all. <laughs>
1: I feel like is going to be a really hard club to buy players off this summer because, you know, they might have just won the league. Uh, they might have just won the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, but they always, <laughs> you know, they always sell. They always sell. They yeah, I suppose. But you, what you wonder with Simeone and it's a it's a, a very different situation at Atleti than it's
0: been for a long time. But it, but but what you're saying then is the players would stay for much, much less money than they can get yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't buy it. I think they'll sell and I think they'll sell quite a few. I, you know, the younger players, so Koke, they might not, they might be able to hang on to him for a bit longer. Diego Costa, he's almost certain to go, right? And uh, maybe maybe Felipe, they'll cash in on because, you know, I reckon they can pick up another left back in in Spain of very similar quality. Of course, uh, one I forgot to mention, uh, Moreno, outstanding left back. It looks like he's on his way to Madrid, though, so... Uh, probably not available to United.
1: No, uh, we'll end up with Cohen Trow on loan (laughs) or failing to sign him on loan again.
0: Well, he will be available, but, uh, you know, given his age profile, the wages he's on, the fact that he's basically failed at Real Madrid, uh, I'm not sure it's the best purchase. I I don't think it's... I mean, it might be an upgrade on Evra now, but it's definitely not an upgrade on Evra of a few years ago. Uh, I think we'll be taking, you know, sub-premium there um so we're happy with that fine but he's not one of the world's outstanding left backs in my honest and humble opinion
1: i guess we won't be investing in cover at right back because of the fact that smalling and jones in a in a purely technical sense can play there uh it's really unfortunate i mean i guess it's just there's there's greater need elsewhere in the squad but we really could do with another right back couldn't we
0: well, could certainly, uh, yeah, could certainly do with another player. They, uh, they keep talking about Santiago Arias, Colombian left back, plays in the Dutch league with PSV. Can't say I've seen a lot of him. I don't watch an awful lot of Dutch football. Now and again, when I can't sleep, and uh, which is frequent, mainly because I'm watching football, work, work that riddle out. Uh, and I can't see United spending massive on James Coleman, uh, especially if Everton make the Champions League, which uh, they might well do, given that they have all the momentum. They have all
1: the momentum, but that run-in is ridiculous compared to Arsenal. So, I mean, Everton are going to have to perform a lot better than Arsenal are going to have to perform in order to get into the Champions League. So I think, I think they would still be outsiders. Uh, but it, I mean, not massive outsiders, but I still think the chances are Arsenal will sneak in there. So, OK, well that's defence. What
0: about midfield? Well, i have talked about some of it. So, um, I like Kokate a lot. Uh, I think he's a really, really good player. And uh, I think he's had a great second half of the season. Had a very poor first half. Looked like his kind of mind had gone somewhat. Um, We're going for a wide player. uh, I'd say that the player that's impressed most probably in the Spanish league, at least those outside the the real top sides, is um, Antoine Griezmann at Ralph Sociedad, who's been absolutely brilliant. A lot of people talk about Julian Draxler. I think he's a step below course, if you wanted a kind of utility forward, you might go for Royce at Dortmund, who was fantastic coming off the left uh, into a central position against Real Madrid. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, he would cost a huge amount of money, but would almost certainly be worth it. So any of those would be very nice. Thank you very much. Hey, talking of that, could we could we just give Dortmund like our entire transfer budget this summer? So you know, like the hundred and fifty million for for Hummels, Royce, uh, and uh, Klopp, <laughs> and, and and maybe another one. You know, just throw another player in there.
1: Gundogan. Uh, Andy twenty seven p says, in respect to transfer targets this summer, do we consider Lalana from Southampton good enough for us? I think the good enough for us question is really interesting because I think we've potentially have players in the side at the moment who are not good enough for us. But, I, you know, I I've, I, think if Lallana was playing at one of the big clubs in Spain, most of us would be drooling over him, probably.
0: I like him a lot as a player. I think he's a, he's a very flexible, technical player, can play in a lot of different positions, doesn't really feel like an English player, does he? Most definitely be an upgrade on Ashley Young in terms of quality and Antonio Valencia, you know. I, I like uh, Tony V, but he's had a pretty stinker of a year adding to the stinker of a year last season so he can't beat the man anymore Lalland is not a traditional winger by any means so he doesn't feel like a David Moyes type player but he'd definitely be a good squad player for United, would he make uh, the top 11, would he make the difference um, in a game uh, away at Bayern not sure about that.
1: No. Okay, let's move on to some less serious Twitter questions. At Register Tan underscore says, judging by Moise's post-match comments on Rooney, do you think Moyes is actually a robot who is controlled by Rooney? This is a really interesting thing that I had not considered up to this point. It Definitely, if he is a robot, he's got a few malfunctioning programmes in his subroutines. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, well, Rooney's done the programming. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's, um, you know, Moise's uh, tongue is so far up Wayne Rooney's bum that, uh, you know, would only a robot do that? Maybe
1: at follow my trawler says Juan Mata seems the most genuinely likable United player since Ollie who are some other contenders i watched a video of Juan Mata going around the man united museum and i was thinking yep yeah, this is mata's basically been brought in to replace patrice everett as player who gets it you know uh,
0: n- not necessarily all of the squad in in that camp although there there are a few of them G- judging by um Manchester United's female supporter base one uh, matter definitely gets it <laughs> um there's a few at united who i think are pretty committed to the
1: cause including weirdly ashley young who you know has ended up in the away end a few times uh, and and seems to be like really trying to be a, a proper man united player in in all but Playing bit he's not sort of that, but we'll just leave that to one side. a uh, genuinely likable united players, I think patrice is right up there uh with genuinely
0: likable players he certainly is yeah uh, what are we saying you know like like him as a fan uh, says all the right yeah yeah, yeah right you know uh, pat patrice has some um you yeah, know moral ambiguity going on, Oh really? Of <laughs> wow. I
1: don't I, I don't know the story and all of that so I see I see. Okay, well that's that's always a knock against But it. but
0: he gets it. And and when look he said all the right things won't matter. his blog's great. It's great entertainment. Says it says you know good stuff every single week. Um when he plays in the center of the park at number 10, he's, and he's given the freedom and the support of his teammates around him. He's an absolutely fantastic, brilliant player too. Not so much when he's dumped out on the right wing and asked to lob balls into the strikers. No, um, they, uh, I'm, I'm trying to sort of wrap my brains
1: for other likeable players. I've got a big soft spot for Rafael De Silva. I mean, Danny, obviously that goes without saying. And, and David De Gea, very likeable. The De Gea-Mata bromance is a thing of absolute beauty. Uh, I was... That's- I must. This is like kind of embarrassing. But when Mata scored the free kick and he starts running towards the bench uh, against Newcastle, I was like, oh no, he's going to run and hug David Moyes. If Juan Mata hugs David Moyes, I'm going to have to rethink my entire world view in the next 30 seconds. But fortunately, he was trying to hug David De Gea, uh, making a beautiful moment even more beautiful. And uh, yeah, so apparently that was because De Gea had said he was going to score a free kick, not because De Gea every day in training goes. Hey, hey, Juan! Remember that? Remember that free kick? Remember that free kick I saved? Not, not because of that. Um, at Kymac says, let's all chip in to send Moyes on this interesting-looking course at Harvard Business School.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Alex Ferguson uh, now a you know lecturer in residence at Harvard. Yeah, hmm. uh, that'd be a heck of a course to go on, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you could actually understand any of it, it would be brilliant stuff thing is, of course, you know this feels kind of antithetical this because I don't think there's anything in ferguson's uh, management philosophy that he is kind of structured in his own mind, uh, let alone uh, down in a sort of academic course um, it was all just kind of instinct with Ferguson wasn't it um part of well at least, uh, funnily enough and with some irony part of the spin that's come out of the club of course is uh, there was very little structure behind the scenes and uh, uh, and they're trying to put it into place now interesting
1: i think that that his great strength as a leader i think it's very interesting to see him reflect on that and i, I really i really love the thing he says about observation because you know one of the the secrets of life is the more attention you're paying to the people around you in the moment, the more you have the capacity to learn, and it gives you profound insight to do that. Do you think that's really interesting? And I think it's interesting that he sort of knows that about himself. And and I thought that whole thing actually was quite interesting. That the the sort of self knowledge. I was impressed by how structured Ferguson's thoughts were about himself. I mean like he would care if I was impressed but I was just I don't know I just thought it was kind of interesting
0: so yeah I bet I bet it is I bet it's a good course mm. well uh, anyway um so um a good course coming up for United I think we're we're, uh, we're planning on taking a break from the rank cast next week uh, just recharge the batteries heading into the final month of the season so we'll preview the Everton game early and uh I suspect that um David Moyes is going to get schooled by Ramoto Martinez and uh Everton will dominate this game in the fashion they've come to dominate so many games recently. A really magnificent season for Everton. Uh, I think if you took a straw poll of Everton fans right now, about 99.99% of them would say they had upgraded their manager over the summer. Uh, And David Moyes' mum would be the dissenter. Part of me
1: wonders, is there a sort of flash-in-the-pan quality? To, to this It's all You know It's great to Give players Who've been On a very kind of Tight leash More freedom For one season But sometimes That doesn't carry Into the second season So you know Reserve judgement To an extent But I do think It doesn't speak well Of Moys, particularly How beautiful Everton look, and, and how exciting and attacking. And, you know, you get people saying, well, you know, they've they've made good signings. It's like, well, yeah, that's
0: because he got rid of Moyes, who was making not-so-good signings for such a long time. Yeah, I know, it's a really bizarre argument. It's funny how you've reserved judgment on Martinez, uh, but you've been very judgy about David Moyes. Interesting. Yeah, but I, but I do
1: keep saying, yes, because I'm, like, emotionally involved in what David Moyes does, and I do keep saying i'm fully aware that i could look completely stupid for, for this and i think maybe if i was for this? <laughs> i think maybe if no. i was you set him up <laughs> if i was paying more attention to everton and martinez maybe i'd be saying like oh yeah everything everything looks right and it kind of does you know but anyway
0: well i said it looked right when they battered arsenal last week you know not that arsenal haven't been battered by every decent side in the country Bar Bar united
1: This is the absolute... Well, they're not one of the decent sides in the country, that's why. I'll set them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the nightmare scenario. Arsene Wenger decides finally this is the summer to go and they flipping get Jürgen Klopp. Oh, my God. That would be so depressing.
0: <laughs> if... Well, it's interesting that um, Louis van Gaal, seemingly, so the rumours go, has picked Tottenham eventually. Sherwood's on the way out and and van Gaal's going to sign that pre-contract, which means that uh, he's given up on the United job. So uh, I think that gives us a very good smoke signal that Moyes is in place. So yeah, if, if Klopp finally decided to go, and Arsen Wenger might still go, not not uh, sign that new contract yet, although it always happens very late. Uh, you'd think Klopp and Arsenal would be a very nice fit. Yeah, that, that would
1: be terrible. Uh, but yeah, the, the Everton game, to, to, to have a bit of a preview, it's a long way off. We don't know what be going on with fitness, I'd imagine it's unlikely Van Persie will be back
0: before that one. It doesn't look like it, and and you'd think that there's a fair chance Rooney isn't either, uh, given that he played 90 minutes on... uh what is at least a badly bruised toe and quite possibly uh, one with a fracture depending on which rumours you believe and if uh, if
1: Rooney doesn't play against Everton a week and a half after that fixture it really makes uh, keeping him on for 90 minutes look even more ridiculous as if that was possible given how ridiculous it looked in the face of how Rooney was playing but yeah so uh, the likelihood is we might see something akin to the Newcastle lineup, but you do wonder if Moise will look at Everton and go oh wait a minute they're good I better play young and Valencia metaphorically or
0: actually. I think United were set up in the in the way that they uh, generally set up away from home. I mean and not um not buying away or buying at home. Um I think United will go depending on who's fit. Depending on who's fit we'll go with. The the kind of lopsided four two three one that has been commonplace for most of this season, you know, or four four one one, depending on how you look at it. Uh, so, yeah, one and far more traditional winger types will play uh, and maybe uh, another won't. Of course, you know, given that it doesn't matter that much anymore, these games, I, you know, I wonder whether this is now a chance to give some minutes to some players who haven't had much time on the pitch. Hernandez, Welbeck to a certain extent, uh, at least in his favoured position up front. Uh, Yanazai who's been overlooked for a uh, lot of games recently, hasn't he? Kagawa. Most definitely, uh, it's the time to play Smalling and Jones, for sure. Um, not a lot of point in playing Vidic and Ferdinand anymore, since they're all going. I could say the same about Everett, of course, although there isn't much of a backup there. Uh, Bootner may or may not be at the club next year. Uh, he's certainly no uh, not United quality, uh, so he's not the long-term uh, option there, but... Um, Uh, Same in goal, uh, no point changing anything around. But, you know, there's a few players who deserve a few minutes. And and given that it doesn't really matter all that much uh, for the season to come, uh, it'd be nice to see them get some time. I
1: mean, I think it's very unlikely uh, that he'll do anything other than play what he perceives to be his best 11, with maybe a tiny bit of an exception, because I don't think he can... I think the way Moyes' brain seems to work he's not going to see it like that. He's going to see it as like, oh, wait a minute, I need to show I'm still going for this, you know, still competing yeah. to finish as high in the league. And... Yeah, that that's a man not in control of things, right? But he's, he is a man not in control of things. That's what I'm saying is that what's going to happen isn't what should happen. Because I think you're absolutely right. What should happen is we play a wide range of players especially the younger the better but I'm not sure that's what he's going to do mm.
0: yeah um I think you're probably right I mean it, it comes uh comes back to to my uh, kind of the most pithy assessment I kind of had in my mind of the buying game that that Moyes had two plans one was to not lose and the second was to not lose too badly <laughs> and and it's the second one that dominated in the end Uh, And and that may well be the case at Everton too.
1: (laughs) That's really got me, that has. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Talking of things that really got me, we've had a Twitter question from some guy called at United Rant saying, when will the jokers who present this terrible podcast retire hashtag Muppets?
0: Retire! That was rubbish! That was rubbish! (laughs) I I actually saw the Muppets this week. Which prompted- it was so good wasn't it <laughs> yeah I quite enjoyed it um, yeah, my nine year old didn't enjoy it quite as much as I did it's strange,
1: it's oh, strange. I, I've seen that in the cinema twice so far that if you want to find out where my comedic influences come from that's, uh, that's pretty much the size of it but yeah w- the answer I think to that question is eventually surely and also I didn't realise retirement was an option are we allowed not to do this podcast anymore no, we,
0: no we have, oh, we all right. have fans uh, Okay, or, or, there you go. or haters <laughs> probably in equal measure. People that tolerate us.
1: So we're not retiring, but we are taking a week off. Um, partly because, you know, there, there's no game in between now and when we would next record. So we, we can sometimes stretch that. But given that between now and the end of the season, there's absolutely no meaningful football. Every single one of our podcasts is going to be stretched. Um, at some point, we'll just be taking ridiculous hypothetical Twitter questions for
0: the whole entire thing, uh, which actually kind of <laughs> <laughs> well given we've managed to stretch out this particular podcast to well over an hour uh, I think we could we could qu- uh, quite manage that but no you're right uh, taking a break next week and uh, and we'll try and find something to talk about for the rest of the um, season and talking of ridiculous Twitter tw- questions just one more before we go at
1: Hannah May J says which current United player would you wine and dine and which would you dump by text message um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the last part of that question was going to be something <laughs> very different from um, uh, so I reckon right this is just just want to make this clear this is just from a football perspective I think you'd you'd maybe want to wine and dine De Gea because we want to keep him laser focused on staying at United you know like the best news ever Barcelona getting a transfer ban because it means they can't buy De Gea for at least 18 months and then the the player that you dumped by text messages is obviously Rooney <laughs> it's like, it's oh yeah just so easy that one
0: you're dumped love. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. Hey, Wayne, John picking up in the morning, pal. <laughs> well, you don't need picking up in the morning because you're not coming to training. Very good. Prediction for the Everton game 1 1. All right, that seems reasonable. I will go 2 1 to Everton.
0: Ooh, ooh, you're so negative, Paul. That's the problem with <laughs> you
1: clearly half Um, quarter full yeah so we'll be back uh, the week after next to look back on the Everton game and preview whatever the heck meaningless football uh, there is left in the season in the meantime have a really good couple of weeks uh, if you want to get hold of us You can get me at UTD Rantcast. You can get Ed at United Rant. That's on Twitter. If you want to get us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash United Rant. And you can get us at UnitedRant.co.uk where you can leave comments, uh, friendly ones preferred and UnitedRant.co.uk slash donate. If you want to help with the bandwidth costs, thank you so much to everyone that's done that. You, uh, are making it possible for us to do this show without it costing us a fortune. So
0: and without us spamming you with adverts, which, uh, which, yeah, which good. we, well, maybe we'll do that anyway. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, we try, no, we won't. Try
1: new and improved Moyes. It won't be as terrible next year as it was this year. Brackets, hopefully. hopefully brackets. Terms of conditions apply. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Well, that's a very long podcast this week. I guess we had uh, United's biggest game of the season to talk about. It didn't work out the way that we hoped probably worked out the way that we expected so we have uh, five games between now and the end of the season uh, and a long summer break well and the world cup i suppose but uh, in the meantime have a really great week off uh we we will we'll be back in two weeks over uh, the next rank cast have a great one